Good morning. Today's daf is daf chafal. Page twenty-one of the Hilgah Masechus Bavakav. We pick up from Shalachle on the very top line. The Gemara is trying to figure out what is the halacha by Zen Nena Chaser. One person gets benefit, the other person not losing out, whether or not you're obligated to pay. So here we go. If somebody squats in his friend's property, does he got to pay him or not? So here's what happened. See, he sent the question, but in the meantime, Ravuna passed away. So he told him to ask Ravuna the Shaila, and he got there, and Ravuna wasn't in this world anymore. He's in the Baravuna. So his son, Rabba Baravuna, responded. He said, let me tell you something. I know what my father would have said. Yeah. You don't need to pay. But my father also says, if a person rents, then you would have to pay rent. Says the Gemara, what does that have to do with the question? Again, we had a question, what's the halacha? He said, oh, my father said you're putter. And you should know that when Ruben rents a house from Shimon, you're chayef. Ask the Gemara, Shimon Mayavidite, uh, who's Shimon? Sticking his nose in over here. Says the Gemara, what he means is like this. If it turns out that it belongs to Shimon, you're going to have to pay Shimon rent. Yeah, which is a contradiction. So the Gemara says, Tarti, these two things are contradictions. Both of these, first you tell me that you live in somebody's property without permission, you don't need to pay. And then you said, if you live in somebody's house and it turns out it was Shimon's, you do need to pay. So what's happening here? So Gemara explains, Here you go. If the house was for rent, and I go in there without permission, then I need to pay. However, if the house wasn't for rent, then stop, I walk in there, you're not losing anything. It's not a rental property. And I, uh, I, I'm just gaining from it. So, the halacha is your potter. Which, by the way, we're going to see, you know, Lamaisa at the end, what the halacha is. But the, 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 just the... The emotional need that we are supposed to have as Yidin when it comes to other people benefiting from us. It's a very hush of a thing that Zen Nen Nebezele Chaser, there's no room to charge somebody. It's not, we're not in the Yidin business to make money. See, there, there are certain, certain people, I, I want to share something, it's, it's a nuance, and I hope I articulate this well. There's, there's times, even for me, like, well, just because of my position, so it'll come up that I could do something for somebody, okay? And somebody will say, um, uh, let me pay for it, okay? I'm able to take somebody to the airport, okay? Works out with my family schedule, whatever it is, it takes over there. First says, let me pay you. I would have paid an Uber 20 bucks. Let me pay you. It's not my parnasa. See, if I would be a taxi driver or an Uber driver, you should pay me and I should take the money. There's no shame in turning a profit. That's, that, that's a parnasa. But there's a certain cloth that the previous generation, I'll call it, and even some, some of us in this generation learned from them, which is 
You don't need a charge for everything. If it's your parnasa, you charge. If it's stam, you want to come ask me, somebody wants me to speak in the school here. It's not my parnasa. I'm not a lecturer who goes around and speaks. So you don't, you don't charge people for it. Right? It's not, not everything needs to be charged. And again, you should charge if that's how, if that's your avenue of parnasa. I want to I express this. If I go and mow your lawn because it's overgrown, it's very nice if you offer me, but it's not. It, it, there's a certain mentality that a yid has to have where it's, it's, it's not chaser for me. I'm happy to do this. Your benefit, this, it, it's not a muckum for charging money. But on the other hand, uh, this business about squatters. Yeah. If uh, even if it's true that the halacha is that you that you if there's no loss you can't charge them rent. On the other hand, it causes on a societal level it causes Correct. chaos. Could be depending on what a squatter is. So you're assuming a squatter is somebody who's living on your property for a month. Okay. What we're learning about here, and you're right. What Michael's pointing out is that if you're just going to have squatters like you have in today's society, it does cause chaos and, and mamish a detriment to people's properties. Uh, even when it wasn't for end, you stop go move into somebody's house. A million percent. A million percent. We're, our Gemara is dealing with even a more general category, which is a squatter could be somebody who's on my property for two hours. Right? Stop. They, they, they don't have a place to sleep, so they, they park their car right next to my house. It's officially my property, right? They, they just need a place to park the car, and it, it's Manhattan, and they have nowhere to park. So just leave it. It's, it's, not a for, it's not a for rent type of thing. It's not a... So, okay, so our Gemara is dealing with those cases as well. You're right. It gets to a point where the person squatting could be taking advantage of the other person, where it's mamish like a detriment, and in the way, that's wrong. That would be called chaser. That would be called causing a lot. Even if you're causing me a lack of usage of my own of my own property, I you know I hear it, and I'm telling you this these this is very broad. I'll tell you how broad this is. This is so broad that it applies to shul parking, shul parking up the block. Okay, now I don't know if it's private property on the street, but there's there's certain parts of the street that we're not supposed to park for whatever reason. The people there feel that. Because of the restaurants across the street that we have here, if, if Pasha takes away from their usage of their house when there's so much so much activity, that's a problem. It's a problem. It's a Shiloh whether it's even called Zenenavazelechaser or whether it's called Zenenavazelechaser. Because the same way, if people are constantly moving around in front of your house, taking your spot, and uh, you know, even if you're not parked there right now, it's it's considered a loss. It's considered a, a chaser. The same thing holds true for them. So we need a, the, the Gemara here is telling us overall mental sensitivities that a yid is uh, that a yid is supposed to have. But you're right. In extreme cases, there's no question. There's no question that it's on the person to uh, to pay if they're causing any sort of uh, detriment to the owner. Okay. Emanami, we learned similarly. Amar Chiyah Baravan, Amar Chiyah Baravan, Amar Chiyah Baravan, Amar Chiyah Baravan, Amar Baravan, Amar Chiyah Baravan, you don't need to pay. The person rents a house from the people of the town. You got to pay the owner. What does that mean? A house from a town, like the whole town owns the house. What's happening? Who's the owner? What's the city? What's the town ownership? What's happening? What's that story? What happens is like this: a person rents a house from people in town, and it turns out that there's somebody who owns it. 
you got to pay the, uh, until you found out who the owner is. You don't need to pay. But once you found out who the owner is, you do need to pay. It says Gemara that uh, that's also a contradiction. If I don't need it, what's the difference if I know who the owner is? If it's something I need to pay for, I need to pay for. I don't need to pay for. Don't tarti. Both halachas make sense. Says Gemara again. Had the caramel agra. Had the caramel agra. Same halacha. Again, if you just have a hachnasas archim house, then it's not for rent. You're not going to have to pay if you live in that house. But if it turns out that there's some there, there's a hachnasas archim house, but you still need to pay. It's an Airbnb. Uh, for people who are uh, who are coming through town, then you're going to be obligated to pay. You live in your friend's courtyard without his knowledge. You do not need to pay him rent. Because it says in Navi, Usheia Yukas Sha'ar. The um, the but uh, when there's brokenness, the gate is down. Amar Mar Baravashi Lididi Chazi Liyomanagah Bitura. I saw this. Uh, sh- there's apparently is referring to a shade that was working on this house, and he was mamish breaking down, uh, breaking down the house. Okay, so listen to this. I want to pause for a second and notice a flip. What did we just say? Somebody who lives in his friend's courtyard without permission does he need to pay him? No. Well, it depends. We just said no. Go back two lines. Ain Amar of Huna Amar Rav Hadar bechatz bechatz erchaverei. Your friend's courtyard. Shall I be daite? Ain tzarech alazis. You don't need to pay. Mishum shenemar because it says ushiyu kashar. Now, what is this referring to? What is it referring to? It's referring to when houses. I'm going to explain, and the Gemara is going to explain for us. So I'm not giving the Gemara a chance here, Aaron. All right, I'm not going to give the Gemara a chance. The on one hand, if you live in somebody's house, you could cause, like we learned yesterday, blackness of the walls. Yeah, living there impacts the, the ownership Normal of the house. Usage. Normal usage. On the other hand, houses need to be lived in. A house that's not lived in is going to ruin. True. It's going to ruin. And this pasuk is referring to shadim. There's stuff that's out there in the world that when humans are there. Stuff stays away, whatever you want to call it. When people are living in the house, it's actually helpful to the house. And what the Gemara is going to segue into now is a beautiful concept. And it's going to teach us foundational, we should personalize this in our own lives, the nafkamina between a house and a home. A house that's not lived in is a house. A house that's lived in is a home. And there's what to gain by somebody turning your house into a home even without your knowledge. Now, personally, in our own lives, it's the same thing. Very often, we feel like we're living in a house. Certain relationships, we don't feel at home in the relationship. Like, it's a house. It's a friendship. It's, it's an acquaintance in the relationship. And sometimes for ourselves. It's like, a, it's also, like, a, I don't know myself so well. Yeah, it's um, like a house. I, I, but is there, is there, a, is there a, a, a home? Right, the, the difference between a house and a home—that's the Gemara is going to segue into, and it's a, it's a beautiful, again, all good psychology. You're going to find all over Tyre and Gemara. It's mamish. That's what we're saying over here. So he says you don't need to pay rent if you live in somebody's abandoned courtyard. And now we're going to get into some stories. You know why you don't need to pay rent? You're helping the guy. The guy Posh has an abandoned courtyard. If you're not there, there's going to be shade them around. There'll be destructive elements around. Rav Yosef Amar Yosef. Rav Yosef says, you know, a house that's lived in. Is a, uh, is a home. My Benayu, 
What's the difference between these two approaches? It depends if it's meant to be a storehouse or it's meant to be a, a, a living house. So if you have somebody living in a uh, storage shed, so then the... Um, the uh, you're, you're not helping anything, yeah? But according to the first svara that we said, where the, the owner has no benefit by the person living there, so then uh, as, um, since the owner had no benefit for the person living there, so then the squatter is going to have to pay. Okay. Listen to these stories. Incredible incidents that's going to bring out this idea, the difference between a house and a home. Who got but there was a fellow. The Bana, he built a Padna, a mansion. A Kilkalosa diasme on abandoned property of orphans. He knew orphans had a bunch of miles of land that they inherited. They're not working the land. There's nothing doing. So the guy's like, hey, listen, unused land. I'll build a mansion on it. You know why? Zenene, I have what the game is. They're not losing. Okay, they're not losing. And now Akilkalosa uh, means it was like wasn't just abandoned; it was like mikalkel. Rashi says it's referring to like it, people were throwing garbage there. He's like, "I'll oh, build a house there." Agve Rav Nachman the Avnei Minei. Rav Nachman went and took away the house. Okay, took away the house. Maybe took away the house because he holds that you're not allowed to do that. You got to pay. You can't just put your hand house on somebody's land. So Gemara says, no, originally this land had Karmenoim living there. Rashi says it's the name of a place. Dairiba, that were living there. And they had given the assignment Dovermuat. They had given the assignment a little bit of money. So Rav Nachman said, listen, you're building a mansion before there were people that were paying a nominal fee to place their garbage there, and now you're building a mansion, you at least need to pay that amount of what was being uh, put there before, and if you don't, I'm taking it away. And the guy ignored him. So Nachman took the house away from him. Okay, period. Again, what do you see? That the Zenan of Chaser, you're putter, but if there's even the smallest amount of uh, amount that was coming in, you're going to have to pay at least that amount. How do you pay from the benefit? Okay, we said that the animal damaged fruit in the middle of the street. You don't have to pay for what you damage, but you pay for the benefit. Omar Rav, Rav says, Okay, this is talking about when she was chayzer. The animal turned the head to the Rishoshai Potter. So here's the deal. The animal's walking in a public domain and now it's turning its nose right off to the private domain. So the question is, if the animal's walking in the public domain and your food is mamish right next to my animal as Shane in the private domain, what, what's my responsibility as the owner of the animal? Am I going to have to pay for, uh, for damages or not? Is it damages or is it benefit? So Machlaikas. Rob says, you only pay for benefit? I'm sorry, Rabbi says to pay for d- damages. Shmuel says to pay benefit. Says the Gemara, According to Shmuel, if you're not going to pay for full damages, so our Mishnah gave a case where when an animal eats from the side of the street, you pay damages. 
So our mission said you do pay damages on the side. Shmuel says if animals in Rishis are out and turning his head to the side, you don't. So according to Shmuel, what's the case where you do pay damages? Kegayin, Tishavkisa where the animal walked off the street, was Shavak, it left the street, for Azla, and then it went, and it stood on the side. Okay, so it was in Rishisaram, went off to the side, now you're going to have to pay. If the animal's mom is standing in a public domain, says Shmuel, you're just paying for benefit. Those that learn the statement by itself, separate from our Mishnah, which just is, Machzeres, what is the halacha? There's an animal that's walking down the public property, turns to the side to eat, Rav Omar Chayeves, Rav says you're going to be obligated, Shmuel Omar Petura, Shmuel says you are patur. And on this same thing, Shmuel says that you that when our mission that when our mission says on the side, you're going to have to pay full damages. What's that case? For example, the shavka the animal left the rechayv, left the street, and completely stood on the side of the street. Okay, very good. So again, what are we clarifying? Our mission says when do you pay for what you benefit? Rob says it even applies, uh, uh, Shmuel says it even applies when I turn to the, the animals in a public, turning to the private. Rob's going to say in such a case, there you're, gonna, you're going to pay full. Okay. Masiv Rav Nachem Bar Yitzchak. Rav Nachem Bar Yitzchak asked a challenging question. Mi Pesach Hachanos. If an animal eats fruit that's Picture the shuk. The vendors put their fruits out in front of their storefronts, right? There's fruits out there. So we said, our mission is, the animal eats fruit from in front of the store. You're going to pay for benefit. Which seems to imply it's considered a public domain, right? If you put it outside your store, it's to attract customers to come in and to bargain, and, and to per- not bargain, <laughs> I see, I'm thinking of Shuk Bargain. It's the first place I go to. And to purchase from you, right? But um, over here we see your uh, outside is, is uh, not considered private. Hechi Meshkachasla, what's the case? Says Gemara Pshita, for sure, it's simple. But Machzeres, the animal's turning its head. Vekamar Mashananis. And you see, even though it's turning its head, you only pay for benefit. Mashananis in Mashazika light, which is a question on Rav. No, maybe we're dealing with us where. The store is Bekaren Zavis. The store is at the uh, is at a corner, and therefore the uh, food is mamish in the path of the animal. It didn't even need to turn its head. Maybe when it turns its head, you're going to pay Masha Hazeka like Rav. And where do I say in our Mishnah that when it eats from the storefront, you don't pay? That's when one guy's got a storefront. So picture right here. Um, yeah, so I'm walking with, I'm walking with my uh, animal down the street. There's a corner. There's one guy who's got a store on the corner, and he's got fruits around the corner over here. And as my animal walks, it doesn't need a turn to pick up an apple. It's going to go straight into the apple. There we say you pay for benefit. But if the animal turns, maybe Taka, you would pay Masha Hezeka like Rob. Bottom line is, we don't have a proof. What is the halacha when an animal were to turn its head? Fine. Yikadar Amri, there are those who learn the back and forth a little bit differently. Machzeres, if the animal turns his head to, uh, to eat fruit from the side of the street, Kuli Amalei Pligi Everybody agrees that it's considered a, a, uh, a karen, 
consider a karen, something that's abnormal, and you're going to pay for damages. Keep pleading, where's there a dispute? When a person is, makes mukta, mukta is to set aside, a person sets aside his space, for the public to use. Okay? So, um, you, you have, uh, sometimes you'll have property that's, uh, what's the proper word? Jutting? Jutting. Jetting out? Jetting out yeah. right? It's like you have a, a strip of property that's jetting out into the public domain. Okay? So there we're going to have a dispute as to, you have a public domain and somebody's property is kind of like not perfectly square around, it's going to jet out. So then what's the halacha? And here's, the, here's what we mean to say. Amar Rav, Rav says, Where do I say you got to pay damages and it's karen? That's when it turns its head. But let's say somebody themselves has their property that's that's uh, sticking out into Rishus Arabim and the animal leaves, uh, the animal eats from there, Peturi is going to be potter because it didn't turn its head. It's a way of normal glowing. Even there, you're going to be chayev. Says the Gemara, maybe if this is the case where you have property sticking out into a public domain, maybe we should consider this to be a case of a pit because the, the, the fruits are stable, they're in one spot. The animal's coming along and it should be considered a case of bar bershusa. Now, why would the fruit be considered a bar, a bar as opposed to shame, right? Why would it be? The answer is because these fruits also could cause damage. If you have your property sticking out into a public domain, Right, so that's a that's a hazard. It's dangerous. So you're you have like a, a bar. Now it could cause danger. On the other hand, you could dig a pit in your own private property. This is not a unique case. It's being presented in a unique way. But there's many times where I have my rights to something. But if I follow through on my rights, it's going to lead to a public issue. Kind of like what you said before. If you allow a squatter to do something, it's just going to lead to a public issue. Right over here too. If I start leaving my fruits there, you're just you're just asking for. Some people do things that are just asking for trouble. Okay, they're trying to uh, experiment with things like little kids, but you're asking for trouble over here. So it should be like a bar. Uh, um. In terms of, uh, in terms of what? How, how would it cause damage? You could slip on it, step on it, step tweak on your ankle, whatever. Yeah. 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 So Rabbi Amar he says that uh, a barber shusai is chayev. Okay, so he says these fruits uh, are considered a bar, and whoever owns this uh, this property is going to be obligated for any damage that uh, that could be caused by the fruit. Okay, ushmolamar damar chayev kasavar barber shusai potter. He says uh, that, that no, it's a barber shusai. You are potter. Amar lach, and on this, Rav is going to respond to him. Amar lach, Rav. Rav is going to say, "La ilam emalach." Really, I'll tell you. Top of my base, but Alma barbershusai potter. In general, if you have a pit in your own private property that does any sort of damage, you are off the hook. V'shani hacha. But this case where you put your fruit out in in land that's sticking out into the rishus harabim is different. The Amar, because the public people. Okay, the, the general public can say, Lav kol kaminach, you have no right You have a strip of property sticking out into a public domain. Guess what? Very nice for you. You might have a deed. You might even be mafkarit to the Rishusarabim and you don't want the deed, which is how some of the Mepharshim explained this case as well, that he donated it to Rishusarabim. It doesn't matter. Either way, you're doing something that is wrong. 
you're doing something that's causing us to suffer. You want to lay out your fruit. Why? Because you're trying to sell whatever it is. Well, guess what? We all have oxen and animals that are walking by your fruit. What's your problem? Do sugar? you're being negligent. You're being negligent by putting your fruits out. Now my animal goes and damages your fruit that doesn't belong there? You have no right to do that. Which is telling us to an extent, not every time that you get damaged, can you blame the other person? Not every time when my younger kid comes to me crying about my older kid did, is my older kid wrong? What did my younger kid do first? What did you do to annoy him tremendously or, or to pinch or to, to go crazy? Okay, so you say, still don't hit. Whatever. At a certain point, like, stop. Don't go back and mutchazach. Don't go back. You know, there's a, a joke they say about an old, an old Jewish lady who unfortunately didn't know much about Tyra, but she had a yard site and her yard site always... Uh, fell out um, Always fell out uh, Around uh, Parshas um, by, uh, Around Parshas by Yeshev The whole story of Yosef And the brothers And the whole thing She'd come to Shul She came to Shul one year And she's learning the story Of Yosef And the brothers sell him And she's sitting there She's bothered beyond belief Beyond belief How brothers could do such a thing It's mamish Incredible Okay, next year she comes back for yard site and the same thing again. See, she's like, could they stop picking on him? Enough. Third year she comes back and she hears again. She's like, you know what, at this point, I mean, at this point it's his fault. You know, three times in a row, right? <laughs> right? That's her, okay. Fine. She doesn't really, she always come in the same, <laughs> same part. At a certain point, right, the brothers could say, their brothers, and you know, but that's the joke. And so you could tell, you tell the owner of the fruit, like, get ahead of there. You learn your lesson. There's, there's oxen walking by. You're asking for trouble. Don't do that. Okay. Shmuel says, in general, a person who has a bar, even in his own property, is going to be chayef. Now, this property is when it's a property that the public has a right to go into and is uh, pub, the public's going to come to. To Bishlamah bar, equally mar lavadaite. See, buy a pit. An owner of the animal could say, listen, I didn't see the pit. And therefore, you're chayef. You're obligated. I mean, you, you got to put up a big sign that says "Beware." When it comes to fruit, they're above ground, and we, at a certain says Shmuel, the owner of the, as much as the owner of the ox could say to the owner of the fruit, "Get your stuff out of my way," the owner of the fruit could say to the owner of the ox, "Why not just walk around my fruit?" That's Shmuel's approach. Therefore, Shmuel says, "Hakazile." He should have seen it. The owner of the ox should have seen it, and still, you're going to be chayef in such a case. So, two. Very understandable views in this machlaikas, and it just depends on where you're putting the onus of responsibility for the damage. You're putting it. You're going to look at the the fruit guy and tell him you should have got your fruits out of the way, or you're going to look at the ox guy. Let your ox walk around. Okay. He says the Gemara maybe the shaila of an ox walking in a public domain and turns its head is actually a machlaikas tanoim. If an animal ate from the middle of the street, you pay for the benefit. Again, public domain. If he's on the side of the street, got to pay for the entire damage. That's what Rebbe and Rebbe Huda holds. No. 
What animals do in public domains is walk, not eat. Rav Yaisi, Hainu Tanakama. Rav Yaisi seems to be the Tanakama. Ella Machzera, Nayu. Except the way we explain this brisa is when it turns its head. Okay. Tanakama, Sovra Machzera, Nami, Mishali, Mashanenis. When it turns its head, it's considered usual. And therefore, it's considered a public domain. And you're only going to pay for benefit. You're not going to pay for entire damages. Rav Yaisi, Sovra Machzera, Mashazika. Rav is going to say you pay for the entire damage. It's abnormal. Says Everybody agrees. Either like um, uh, like Rav or Shmuel Vahacha, Bebir Bisteyachar Kamifligi, and this Brisa just the, there's a machlekas in how to interpret the pasuk of Ubir Bisteyachar when an animal goes and damages in somebody else's field. Okay, what does it mean Bisteyachar? What's this other field? Mar Savar Ubir Bisteyachar. What does Bir Bisteyachar mean? You're going to pay in somebody else's field, but never if it's in a public domain. Okay, so if you're ever eating it from the middle of Rosh Hashanah, do you pay Masha Hizik? No, because the Torah sa- never says that. But do you pay Masha Nenis? Yeah, you should still pay Masha Nenis because that guy saved you, uh, saved you lunch. Umar Savar and the uh, and uh, Rabbi Yaisi is going to hold a beer b'steyacher v'loy b'shoshamazik. What does it mean when you damage somebody else's field? You're obligated. It means you're obligated if you do it in the victim's property, but you're not obligated if the if the damage happens inside of the damager's property. If my animal damages your animal in my property, I'm not going to be uh, I'm not going to be obligated to pay. Okay. Now, according to this, notice if ubir b'steyacher just means that I'm going to be obligated that I'm not obligated to pay when it's in my field. What would be the halacha in a rishosarab? You would be obligated. And that's how the Gemara wants to understand right now that even that the according to this approach, even in Rishusha Rabim, you would be Chayev. And the only time you're Potter is when it's Rishus Hamasik. It's when it's at the damaging person's property, otherwise you're going to be Chayev. Says the Gemara Rishus Hamasik, when it comes to the damager's property, Lema Pirach Bershusi my boy. What's the whole Shaila? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why, of course, you don't need a Pusik to teach me that. If my ox eats your fruit in my property, it's simple I'm not obligated because I could say to you, what's your fruit doing in my property? Their, your fruit was trespassing. So the Gemara says, you're right. That's not the Machlaikas. Ella, the Ofa, Rav Aisha, Ika, Beinayu. The Machlaikas is going to be the Nafkamina between Ofa and Rav Aisha. The case between Ofa and Rav Aisha we learned a couple of ago was when not the animal simply turned to eat from the fruit when the animal jumped. And ate from uh, and did something abnormal to eat from the fruit. So the, there will have the machlekas, huh? Correct, yeah. correct. So if you hold it to abnormal, it'll become karen, and then you karen, you're going to be obligated because no difference between If you hold that it's normal for an animal to jump when it sees food, so then it would still fall under the parameters of, uh, of Shein. Okay. Mishnah. Halfway down on Chafal from Beis, Hakelev v'Hagedi shekovtu meroish hagag. If you have a dog or a baby goat, a kid that jumps from on top of a roof, okay, they're having a ninja warrior uh, uh, competition. The shivru and they break vessels. Mishalim nezek shalim, b'pnei shehein muadim. The way that the damage happened is considered muad. Okay. Now says Rashi, why is this called a muad? Rashi says, Lick fights Bershus Hanizika Amar, the Tolda de Regali. It's a, it's a Tolda of Regal. 
Okay, because it's normal. Normal for it to be jumping. We had this case earlier. If you have a dog that takes a hot biscuit and walks over to a haystack, places it on the haystack, eats the cookie, the hidlik agadish, and the haystack gets lit from the heat of the cookie. For the cookie, the owner of the dog pays nazik shalim, and on the haystack, mishalim chati nazik. You're going to have to pay half damages. Okay. Why do you pay half damages? We'd assume it's because it's Karen. But Rashi doesn't want to tell us that right away. Rashi says, Gemara is going to have to explain to us why there's half damage. It's a lot more, uh, it, it, there's a lot more going on to this psak than what would initially meet the eye. That's what Rashi wants to point out. Okay. Again, so two halachas the mission. A dog and a goat that jump. Onto vessels in the victim's property, Nezek Sholim. It's a muad for that. Then the Mishnah says, if you have a dog that takes a hot cookie, brings it to a haystack, eats the cookie, lights the haystack on fire, cookie, Nezek Sholim, haystack, half damages. Says the Gemara. Time on. The reason why the dog and the goat owner needs to pay Nezek Sholim to Kofzu is because they jump. What about if they would fall off the roof and then something breaks? What would be the halacha? Potter. We, we'd assume you're off the hook. Okay? Alma, you see, we see this is another shasugya and something starts out negligent. Here's the negligence. What are you doing having your dog or goat on a roof? But it fell off by mistake. So you see, tchilasi b'shia 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 is Potter. How often does this happen? All the time. All the time. For me. Yeah. Very often I've got a valid excuse why um, I didn't do something. It ended up for whatever reason. The question is, could you have been more careful initially? Is there something you could have done initially that led... To your anus. That led to your mistake. They teach this in Pesach. Huh? They teach this one in Pesach. Why? Why? So all the wives know. The, oh. <laughs> Very good. Remind you of the previous conversation. Tanem, the learned the rice similarly. Hakelev ve hagedi, a dog and a goat. Shakov zimar shagag, v'shev was a kelim. Mishalim nazik shalim. Naflu paturim. You're off the hook. Honey, chalaman damar t'chaz v'shev was a kelim. This all makes sense if you agree with that statement. That when things start out negligent and you end up accidental, you're off the hook. Then this Mishnah makes a lot of sense. But not everybody agrees with that. There's an opinion that says if you start out negligent, even if you end up ba'inus, you're still the one responsible. How does that work out with our Mishnah? Because our Mishnah, again, seems to imply if it fell off by mistake, it's an ainus, you're putter. You shouldn't be putter if you hold your chayav. Says, I'll tell you, he'll explain that the case is where the kalim are very close to the wall. Okay? So even if the dog or goat would jump, they would not have broken the vessels. And therefore it's not pshia. Let's pause for a minute and understand this. Where's the negligence of the dog and goat owner? 
Okay. That, that the dog can go on the roof. Why? What could happen? It's not expected that they're going to fall off. Animals have enough instincts to not fall off. You know, what's, you know what the problem could be? They might jump off. Now, so what? Why, if it's my courtyard or my property, can my dog or goat go up on my roof and jump off? Because into hate. Again, don't, you don't have to picture a roof that's 50 feet up in the air and they're going to break their leg. It's a, it's a 10-foot ledge they like jumping off of. A 6-foot ledge. They, they love jumping off. So where's my pshia by letting my, stuff, my, my, my dogs be up there? You know where the pshia is? Because your vessels are nearby. And they could jump on your vessels. The negligence, there's no negligence if your vessels wouldn't be there. There's vessels there, so now I need to be more careful. Now, Herzegheim, listen to this. Says the Gemara, what happens if the vessels are all the way up, shoved against the wall where my dog and goat are up? See, here's like this. There's no negligence on my part. You know why? There's zero expectation for the animal to fall off. That's only, the only way for it to break it is if it, if it rolls off the roof. It's normal for a dog to jump and the goat to jump off the roof. But if the kalim are in a place that the, the, the dog or, or goat wouldn't reach if it jumped. It's reasonable. So then it, there's no issue on my, as the owner, I have no responsibility. Right? So th- that's where we say that if it fell off the roof, I'm putter. You know why? Because it's not even tchilasei bipshia. There's no initial negligence. The only time it would be negligence if I let them up on the roof when the vessels are in a space where it could have rolled, where, where it would have jumped onto those vessels. But here, where it's too close, it's not going to happen. Okay, very good. Amar Razvid, Mishmei the Rava. Razvid says in the name of Rava. Pamim, there are times Shafilu Naflu. Even when you falls off the roof, Nami Chayev, you're even going to be Chayev. And I'll tell you when Mishkachas Lo Bekais Okay, very good. If you have a shaky, shaky wall, shaky roof. You know, and uh, when things are shaky, things fall off. So when things are shaky, things fall off. That's, uh, th- then even in such a case, you will, uh, it's considered negligence. Okay. Says the Gemara, mind you. The reason why you're going to be considered uh, negligent is because you should have, uh, you, you should have known that things could have fallen, you know, the wall could have fallen safe, safely, enough of enough of Says the Gemara, very nice. So it was a weak wall. So what's the concern about a weak wall? The weak wall might fall down. Well, guess what? It didn't fall down. The wall's still there. What fell down? The animal. So tchosib shia v'saifa b'aynasu. We're back. Um, we're back to being a tchosib shia v'saifa b'aynasu. Like tzvicha b'kaisel tsar. We're dealing with a very. Says the Gemara. We're dealing with a uh, a narrow wall. Again, we're not dealing with a weak wall. We're dealing with a uh, a narrow wall. And when it's a narrow wall, so that's real negligence. Okay. You have to know that uh, the animals are going to fall off of the, the narrow wall because there's no, Rashi explains, there's no real way for it to stay sturdy on top. A goat and a kid that were medalig, they skipped over. So they were, we'll call it uh, playing around, but not in the normal way of walking. Mimata lamala, if they were jumping from a, a lower place to a higher place and it breaks something, peturim. So then the owner is, is a potter. Milamala lamata, if it's jumping from the top to bottom, 
Chayov. Then the owner of the animal is going to be obligated. This is normal. So it's more normal for animals to jump down, less normal for them to jump up. What if you have a person or a chicken that are jumping? Either way, you're going to be obligated, okay? Because these are both considered normal. Says the Gemara Batanya, top of today, tomorrow's daf. But we learned in Abraisa, Kalavagadisha, Dilgoi, Bain Lamala, Bain Lamata, Bain Lamata, Lamala, Piturim. By a goat and a dog, your putter. Tergamar of Papa, the Apich Mepach. Where, you know, uh, uh, switch it around, which means, Kalba Bizakira, Vidalga Bisricha. The dog was coming down, um, and Bizkira uh, by jumping, and the goat was coming down by, um, by, uh, uh, by what? Yeah, faster, faster, which either way, it is um, unusual, it's unusual, usually goats are like quicker, and they're not, they're not uh, hesitating, okay, Um, so this, again, the second price is talking about where the dog was jumping, and the the goat was, was uh, walking faster, and both these cases are considered to be unusual, um, well, if it's unusual, so now what just happened? It's a case of Karen. If it's a case of Karen, you should be Chayev. Says Gemara, what we mean is It's not that you're all completely off the hook. You're off the hook from full damages, but you've got to pay half damages because you've entered the realm of Karen. We'll hold it here for today. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, Chevra. Tomorrow we'll pick up 9.30 a.m. on Erev Shabbos. Zagabench.